It's a gospel on the radio talk show. A show about dreams and visions and a church that is indeed triumphant, alive, and well. For the church triumphant is alive and well. Hello, Tallahassee. It's a... It's been a while since I've been able to say those words. This is the uh, Gospel on the Radio talk show. I'm Pastor Jack King. I am your host, and well, usually during the month of July, we kind of kick back, play a lot of repeats during that month. We've got so many wonderful interviews that we've done on the broadcast. It's a shame not to re-air them from time to time, but that's what we've been doing. So I haven't been here with you uh, week by week, but we're back on the track now, and we'll be coming to you every Sunday morning here at 8 o'clock on 94.1. Just a reminder that we are a show about dreams and visions and a church triumphant, alive and well, have been now for 1,134 shows. A few rules. We don't talk sports, politics, or doctrine, but we always speak well of one another. We always talk well of one another. That's what we always do. Those rules have served us very, very well over all of these years. But uh, on the Sunday mornings when I'm here with you on the show and I don't have a guest in the studio, which I don't today, we'll be getting to that here post-haste, <laughs> but uh, I share things that's on my mind, on my heart, and uh, love doing that. It's a blessing to me to be able to share what God has laid on my heart, and that's what we're going to do today. But uh, I do want to remind you that if you are involved in Christian ministry, I would love to interview you. I'd love to have you here behind these radio microphones sharing your heart and your passion for ministry. And uh, that's what I tell people all the time when we, uh, or when I invite people to come on the show. They go, well, Pastor King, what are we going to talk about for a full hour? And I always just say, we're going to talk about your passion. Whatever your passion for ministry is, that's going to be our subject. And uh, I've yet to find somebody who couldn't do that. Because if this is what God's called you to do, and you're not only excited about it, you're passionate about it. And uh, it's a wonderful story to tell. And it's very important that we tell those stories so that we won't have somebody else telling it that won't tell it right because they might not have your passion for it, but you do. So what you need to do is just call me, area code 850 567 one seven zero three. That's my cell phone. Call me. Leave me a text if you don't reach me. I'll call you back. We'll set up a time to have you come into the studio. We pre-record the shows so you don't have to worry about missing a Sunday morning service at church. And we'll have it ready to air here on 94.1, 8 o'clock Sunday mornings. And uh, it'll be a blessing to you. I am the pastor of a Freedom Road Christian Ministry. We're at 720 Capital Circle Northeast in the Crescent Park Plaza. Storefront church. But we love people, love visitors. 
11.05 is our start time, Sunday school at 10 o'clock, frcm.us. That's how you find us on the web. Check us out. And also remember that you can uh, listen to these broadcasts on podcast. And uh, what you do, you type in Pastor Jack King, Tallahassee. On your, on your device, and then it'll come up, and you'll find all kinds of shows there, lots of the talk shows, and the daily broadcast that airs Monday through Friday here on ninety four point one at eleven o'clock, and then it also goes on the podcast, and uh, it'll be there for a long, long time. You can, there's a lot of content there on the podcast, so check it out, and uh, well, I think you'll enjoy it. Now we don't have the uh, Saturday Night Gospel sing. On there, because uh, well, you can just imagine uh, how that would work with all the uh, rights and uh, things that we have to would have to deal with. So we don't have Saturday Night Gospel sing. So if you want to listen to the Saturday Night Gospel sing, then you have to tune in Saturday night seven o'clock. You know, ninety four point one for the best music on the planet. Now, what is it? that's on the heart and mind of Pastor Jack King here on a Sunday morning here on the radio. And it's uh, my passion. And he said, well, Pastor King, you seem to have several passions. And I do, but it really boils down to one thing. Yeah, my passion is to expand the borders of God's kingdom. And uh, God has given me some assignments to do. And I try to be faithful to those one of them is being the pastor of Freedom Road. That's a call of God. God, God very clearly spoke to me in 1979. <laughs> My wife and I have been laboring in that church, in that ministry, all of these years. But the Lord also called me into the radio ministry. And I had been out of the radio ministry for 20 years. When God came to me and very clearly spoke to me that, this is something that I need to go back to and be involved in. And uh, so that's a passion. That's a calling. But the third passion and calling in my life is young people. I love them. love young people. Just finished the uh, youth camp. That's the reason why I'm primarily that I do the uh, repeats on or during the month of July is because this camp just it just takes over my life because all of the planning and the preparation and then the executing it and then after it's over so much to do to get everything back uh, flowing normal in my life again. So that's right why I take the time off from the uh, talk show. But we still keep the daily broadcast going and the Saturday Night Gospel sing. But young people. They're near and dear to my heart. And God spoke to me, this is uh, several years ago, because uh, I'd been the uh, regional youth director for the Southeast region of the Open Bible Churches for, well, since 1986. And I had served in uh, the youth camp and different parts of the youth ministries district uh, youth director since 1980. So young people are just a part of my life. But uh, in 19, or, or 2012, the Lord spoke to me and just 
took me time to set that aside with uh, the Open Bible Southeast region. Now, don't get me, don't misunderstand. I'm still a part of the Open Bible Church. It's still involved in the in the region and the district, but I'm not running the camp anymore. And the other, we had uh, youth conferences and things. I'm not running into that. God gave me a different calling or a different direction, the same calling, and that is something I noticed and observed over all the years of working with young people. And I'm talking about Christian young people. Is that there is a disconnect, serious, serious disconnect, even with young Christian young people and the Word of God. And uh, it's uh, quite disturbing to me. So many times, just in, uh, doing different events and things and just asking questions and just realizing that there's just not a, uh, a knowledge of the Word. And I'm talking about knowing the Word in such a way that it would have an impact upon your life. And um, something else I have discovered is that it's also true in many, many of our adult people who attend church. They, they, they may go to church and they may have some basic understanding, but they don't really understand the Word of God. And here's the thing about uh, preaching. I'm a preacher. I love to preach. And uh, as we go through our sermons on Sunday morning, we're over here and we're over there. And uh, a lot of times people don't really get the whole thing as far as uh, bringing the Word of God together and having an understanding of how it works together. Now, I have been doing something in the last several years that I've just felt led to do, and I'd, I'll take a portion of the Bible, a, a chapter or a book, and I will just go through it. And I, and I teach, preach. <laughs> in other words, it's, it's more than just uh, monotone, let's put it that way. I, I get animated. I get excited when I preach. And uh, I'm taking a portion of Scripture. A lot of times as I'm going through the Word like that, God will just give me a nugget. And uh, I may just spend the whole sermon or the whole service on just, just bringing that truth home through the Word of God. But even with that, um, a lot of people are just, they don't know. They don't know. So today... I'm just going to talk to you about this, and we're going to play a little gospel music as well. But just reasons why are the benefits of studying, reading the Word of God, and making it a part of your life. And we're going to talk about these things. I'm going to give you the four. There's four things we'll talk about today. One is simply this, to understand that if you are a person who reads the Word of God, then you will read the very heart of God, and you'll read the heart of Jesus Christ and His teachings. And one of the things that Jesus teaches us, comes across very, very clear in the Gospels, is about caring for one another. And then secondly, this is the benefits of just being in the Word, is that you learn about blessings. You learn about God's blessing and how that whole thing flows. Three is you learn about relationship, relationship with Him, and building that relationship together. And four is you learn peace, peace in your soul. 
peace about your eternal life. That's why, for the reasons why, we need to be in the Word of God. And this reality about relationships and loving one another, caring about humanity. Listen to this. This is from the old past. Because we have to love them to Jesus. Love them to Jesus. I like that song. <laughs> and that's the, that's the old past, and it's a good thought. Now, let's look at it from this direction. A few weeks ago on the uh, daily broadcast, uh, the Gospel on the Radio broadcast, I told a little story about myself. And basically, I was uh, dating this young woman, and uh I was in the Navy at the time and attending the Open Bible Church in uh, Pensacola and went home to Kentucky on leave. And when I came back and came into the church just a little bit late, walking down the aisle, and I saw her sitting there, and I was going to go up and sit down next to her. But there was a, a young Marine sitting between the aisle and her. <laughs> and so I motioned for him to to move on over uh, and so that I could sit down next to her. And he he uh, instead gave me the move that I needed to cross on over to both of them. And uh, so standing there in the aisle of the church, and I realized this could not go on. So finally, I just, just did what he said and went on. So when the service was over, I, I said, uh, well, what's this all about? And uh, those words, those words, says, we need to talk. And so we did. And, of course, uh, found out that uh, somebody, a, a lady in the church, had set them up while I was gone. But that's fine. That's no big deal. Uh, I ended up marrying the woman I was supposed to marry, and that was several years later. But here's what happened in the conversation between me and this young lady. She said to me, she said, uh, you're self-centered. She said that to me, that, that you're very self-centered. Well, Somebody tells you something like that, that kind of, well, you have reaction because you always do. When somebody says something that hurts your feelings, you're going to have a reaction. And, of course, I did. I got my feelings hurt. But as time went by, that uh, stayed in my spirit. And I began to consider the possibility that perhaps maybe she's right. Well, this has been, uh, my goodness, <laughs> 50 years ago almost. But you see how it made an impact in my life because I still remember it so very, very well. And I thought about it, and I said, well, if that's true, then I need to change that because that's a, that's a character thing. And I also believe it's a, God thing. So, through all these years, as God has uh, refined that in me and in my spirit, and teaching me to care about other people, and uh, 
that's something that uh, as you go through life, you realize that a lot of times that doesn't happen. And uh, I've heard people, uh, maybe a, a husband, you'd be out in public someplace at a grocery store, variety store, wherever you may be, and, and you, you hear somebody, a man, just berating his wife and just being ugly to her. And, oh, I, I, something like that just just gets a hold of you. And you go, how could somebody do that? And, and I've heard it go the other way, too, where, where a woman would just berate her husband. I've heard people do it to their children. And uh, I've heard people just do it one another. I've heard it in, in, in Christian circles, in churches and things. And I'm going, wait a minute. This is not... Christ-like. And remember, we are Christians. And what does Christians mean? I mean, basically the term was little Christ. In other words, we're, we're models of Jesus Christ. Well, in order to be a model of Jesus Christ, then that would require us to understand his teachings and who he was, the things that he taught, and his very heart and his very nature and his very character. To be a person who would bear the name Christian, Christ-like, then I think it would be very important for us to uh, read and understand his word. So listen to this. You've heard that it's been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor, and hate thine enemy. Now this is Matthew chapter 5. What I just read to you is verse 43. This is verse 44. But I say unto you, love your enemies. Bless them. Listen to this now. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. And uh, are you ready for this? And pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. I'm telling you, that is some severe teaching. And those are red letters in my red letter edition of the King James Version of the Bible. That's Bible that I just read to you, and that is from Jesus Christ, the chief cornerstone, the founder of the church. Those are his words. So we're talking about benefits of studying and reading the word of God. Well, it's understanding the heart of God and his directive and how to love one another and how to deal with the own uh, selfish person that so often that we are because we're made of flesh dirt and uh, so often we are very self-centered and sometimes it's just all about us but you look at what he just told us he said not only are you to uh, not hate your enemy? You're to love them. 
And the person who would persecute you, make fun of you, ridicule you, he says, pray for them. Now, that is so contrary to the very nature of humanity. And you know that, and I know that. That does not come natural. That's a work of the Holy Spirit. But you see, we learn these things by reading and studying the Bible. So what God has laid upon my heart as I finish my thought here about after having left the uh, youth ministry with the Southeast region, God laid upon my heart to form a ministry that has the purpose, the intention of bringing young people into direct contact with the Bible to study it, to learn it, and to grow in knowledge of it. And um, I've been at this for a few years and uh, just coming to realize that I'm, I'm just not getting the job done. It's the, the mission that God laid upon my heart is not being accomplished, even though I've been doing these youth camps and different things. So this is what God's showed me. There are two areas of ministry that I know will bring people into the Word. One of them is drama, doing uh, drama and letting the young people act. <laughs> now, you, I have people tell me, also, oh, you'll never get young people today to do these things, but I'm just at this youth camp. It is exactly what we were doing, and the kids love it. And the other thing is, uh, is Bible quizzing, just teaching the Word of God and quizzing them on it. These are two effective tools. So this is uh, a new new approach that uh, I believe God's going to help me to develop this. And I need your help. I really do. I'm, I'm making this appeal to those of you who are listening today. First of all, I need young people to be involved in this with me. And also, there's going to be financial considerations. And I know a lot of times people say, well, Pastor King, you, you make money. And, and I, I do. I make a little money. I don't, I'm not rich. I work hard to earn enough money to provide for Tammy and I. Just take it out of your own pocket. Well, I could do that, and believe me, we have. But that only goes so far. And uh, the scripture says where a threefold cord is not easily broken. In other words, when, when more people see the heart and the vision, the passion for it, and they're willing to invest in it. And I'm talking about an investment of, of, uh, of money and time because I need people to be involved in this with me. So if this uh, speaks to you, then uh, you can contact me, area code 850-567-1703. Texting is good. You can contact me that way. We'll talk about it. Love came calling. On the storm sea quartet. of Galilee, love came calling. Singing about. Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior.
he came calling. Love came calling. And uh, see, this is a blessing. Anytime that you have a close encounter with Jesus Christ, God the Father, God the Son, that is a blessing. I've just uh, been reading in the book of Genesis and been reading about uh, Jacob and uh, his encounter with God when he said, this is none other but the uh, gate to heaven. <laughs> and uh, I mean, he saw, he saw heaven. He had an encounter with God, changed his life. And, uh, and of course, on the way back from his uh, time there with Laban, and he encountered God again, and God changed his name from Jacob, the supplanter, to Israel, and uh, that's a powerful truth. That's a powerful, powerful truth. But see, that's the Bible. That's the Word of God. And you learn things like this just by reading the Word of God. So this is this is why I'm taking this time today just to talk about the benefits of being a daily Bible reader. And uh, as you're going along, God's just showing you things. Sometimes you just take a little time just to meditate on it. Uh, sometimes just like the, what I just shared with you about Jacob. I, I've, I've been reading this in the last two or three mornings, and it's just stuck in my heart, just thinking about everything that happened here. And, uh, and the story of Jacob as he made his journey to back to uh, his mother's uh, uh, heritage, where she came from. He, he went back there. And he stayed there for 20 years. And uh, it's just an amazing story, but it stays in your spirit. And the thing is, this is what I know, and this is what God had to show me, is that I would not have become a daily Bible reader without a plan and without something that's consistent and a commitment. And it is a commitment because there's a war against it. And that is the adversary. The, the devil, he is not pleased when a person takes time to read the Bible. And he'll do everything under his power to try to stop you. I mean, the distractions can be endless. And, and people would say to me, so Pastor King, I am so busy. And I just kind of give him a little crooked smile going, yeah, tell me about it. And uh, that's just an excuse. That's all it is. It's just an excuse. And you have to defeat that. That has to be defeated. And there has to be a commitment. And the truth is, up until 2009, that was my life. Uh, in and out. Consistent, not consistent. Um, had a period of time where I was reading the Bible through like every four months. And... uh and then discipline fell away, and I stopped doing that, and then other things happened. And then, and uh, you've heard the old, uh, maybe you haven't, but it's an old expression. It says, seven days without the word makes one week. Think about it. It makes one week because the word of God will strengthen you and uh, help you to be stronger for the journey. But if you if you abandon that and you're not in the word of God and you don't have that that's strengthening. So what happened to me, it was a Sunday morning. We were still over here at 8th Avenue holding our services. 
And uh, just during the altar time, the Holy Spirit just came to me and, and just brought severe rebuke to me. And it was very specific that this is an area of my life that I had failed. And I took myself down to the altar and I just said, God, I'm sorry. And uh, when I came up from that altar, I made a commitment to God that I would not miss a day in God's word. And I, and I, I just happened to report that uh, I've been faithful to that. And there have been some times it's been challenged. When I was in the hospital once. And, of course, uh, had to go, wasn't planning on going, didn't take a Bible with me. And uh, my daughter called me. She said, uh, Daddy, do I need to bring you something? I said, yeah, bring me a Bible. And uh, they had me all in the, this, the tubes and stuff, all that kind of stuff. And she came and read it to me because I said, this is important to me. And uh, talking about youth camp, man, I am so busy at youth camp. I mean, it's, it's, it's just a constant uh, deluge of my time. But I take the time because it's a commitment. And it has to be a commitment or you won't be able to do it. But when I look back over all these years and uh, – like I say, in the system of the plan that God gave me, I go through the Gospels every four months. Every four months I'm reading through the Gospels. It's been such a blessing to me. Such a blessing. And now going back, starting in Genesis again and reading up to uh, through the Scriptures and the Old Testament and just getting all that fresh, once again, renew it in my mind. But it's so important. But the thing about it is that one of the things that you learn in the process of this you learn about the relationship with God, which we'll get to in just a little bit, but about walking in a blessing, just walking in a blessing, because there are blessings that God has for those who are faithful to him, and there's things that he teaches us in the way of principle. Malachi chapter 3, verse 11, it says, I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, and ye shall not de destroy the fruits of your ground. Neither shall your vine cast her fruit from the time of the field, says the Lord of hosts. He said, all nations shall call you blessed. In other words, he says, I will rebuke the devourer for you. Now, think about this for a moment. We are uh, currently in a very intense inflationary time. And I was talking to somebody this morning uh, at a convenience store and uh, something I saw on the shelf. And I said, is that right? Is that price right? And he said, yeah. I go, wow, wow. <laughs> and then uh, a few weeks ago, Tammy and I decided just to go out for, for dinner on a Friday night. We went to a, a restaurant. I won't give you the name. There's no sense in that. But it's a place that we'd been to before. And when we got the Bill, we got the bug eye. I thought, can this be right? I mean, we're talking about, it seemed like, and I, maybe I'm not exaggerating, double, double what we were used to. That's what we're dealing with. Well, the uh, human carnal self would say, well, we better, we better stop, we better stop giving to God because well, we can't afford it. And I'm here to tell you that the Word of God teaches us you can't afford not. You cannot afford not. 
because the inflation is going to continue. And what you also hope is that the blessings of God flow your way to you, that God would rebuke the devourer and that he would open the windows of heaven. This is what he's taught here in the book of Malachi and pour out a blessing upon you. Scripture says if you give, then he shall give back to you. That's all a part of the Scripture. See, this is what I'm saying. These are the benefits, the blessings of just being a daily, consistent person who reads, studies, and applies the Word of God to your life and allow it to speak to you, to teach you, to minister to you, that you grow in your daily walk because you've developed a ongoing uh, conversation with the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings, he who controls everything. And he controls blessings. And I can speak for me. I like blessings. I do. I like it when God pours out his blessings. We're going to talk about relationships in just a moment. It's a Troy Burns family. Jesus is still riding in the Person who uh, reads and studies the Bible, and uh, you know the story. You know the story that they're thinking about, and talking about when Jesus is still writing in the sand. And uh, I just talked about this on the daily broadcast, and uh, Jesus is there in the temple, and he's teaching people sitting around, and uh, the scribes and the Pharisees people that Jesus dealt with all the time. They came dragging this woman in and they, they cast her into the circle um, right in the middle of all the people and shamed her and said, we caught her in the very act of adultery and uh, the law of Moses demands that she be stoned. And they wanted Jesus' reaction to it. And uh, Jesus was not going to fall trick to their prey and uh, he didn't respond to what they said but then um, he did say to them he said look he who is without sin among you you go ahead and cast the first stone because I talked about this in the daily broadcast that uh, in the law it says that there had to be more than one witness and uh, generally at least three and so basically, these men who had brought this woman were going to stand as the witnesses. And so Jesus is just, in, just simply proclaiming the law. He says, which one of you witnesses is going to be number one? And you're going to cast a stone. But here's the thing about it is that when Jesus began to write in the sand and they began to walk away, he says, from the oldest to the youngest, he knew he knew that much about them. And they began to walk away. In other words, 
this is mercy. Jesus is showing mercy. But you see, he's also developing a relationship because this woman, I mean, she's there. I'm, I'm sure she's fearful for her life. And uh, Jesus is not there condemning her because that's what he said. He says, where are your accusers? And she said, there's no man here to accuse me. He said, well, I'm not going to ex uh, uh, condemn you either. But many would say, well, he just let her off the hook. He said, no. He said, you need to change your lifestyle. You need to change the person that you are. And that change should be from the inside out. And as he said that to her, he said, go and sin no more. You see, basically, he's leading her to forgiveness of sin, life eternal. That's the same message that we all receive. Forgiveness of sin and life eternal. But you see, it's not just to say, well, okay, God, pardon me because of my sin. But it also has to do with the ongoing relationship and the relationship with him. Well, how do you learn how to develop a relationship with God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit? You learn it from reading the pages of God's Word, and this is why it's so important in my heart that we find a way to be able to bring young people into a relationship with the Word of God young people and older people as well. But the burden on my heart is young people. You see, there are so many things that are teaching. I mean, I know they go to school and they, they learn things in school, but these young people are learning a whole lot more than just what they're uh, supposedly being taught through textbooks. And, of course, we hear this on the news all the time. Some of the textbooks are questionable. But they're learning. They're learning through the music. They're learning through the culture. They're learning from, I mean, everything that happens in this world. They're learning. And if we don't bring them to a place to where they're studying the Word of God, uh, Fisher Ames, who was one of the uh, founders of this country, he said this. He said that if you take the Bible away, and, of course, we took the, the Bible out of the schools. We took prayer out of the schools. He says, you take the Bible out of society and you'll have a culture problem and you'll have a crime problem. Well, Fisher Ames obviously knew what he was talking about because we see all of these things. And we see an absence of understanding about morality, about just general love and welfare and caring for one another, all of these things that seems to be abandoned in society is a direct result from the absence of the knowledge of the Word of God. And so, like you say, God has laid up on my heart, and this is a, this is a burden but it's also a calling in my life is that uh, God help me to have ways 
to bring young people together. And uh, you see, the, the beginning stages that I can see, just having a, a group where we pull them together, we, we, we work on doing drama, dramas that, that have the Word of God in them. Now, they may not be, quote, what I would call a Bible drama where we're dressed up like Old Testament characters, but but drama that has the Word of God through the teaching of the Word of God in it. And to where there actually would be scripture that you'd have to study and understand to be able to effectively do the skit because you've got to understand the principles and see these are all being taught as we allow them to have a good time because young people love this. They love acting. And then, of course, the Bible quizzing stands on its own because you, you, you give them the word, you study it, and then we'll quiz you on it. And uh, competition. Competition is a very effective way to teach and to influence through the realms of just, just letting them uh, just compete with one another. <laughs> and uh, we do it at camp, and uh, it works. But it's also something very, very important. Uh, I had Sister Rosalind Tompkins on the radio broadcast not too long ago. And, uh, of course, uh, what God has laid on her heart is uh, hope. And that's just become the theme of her ministry. And she refers to herself as a hopeologist. And uh, you have to kind of get used to that concept. But when you get her on the radio and she begins to explain it, it becomes very, very clear. And she said to me, she said, Pastor King, she said, we have a crisis of hope in our country. And I said, upon what do you base that? And she said, look at this suicide rate. Look at the suicide rate among young people. And, uh, so what she's saying to us is we have a crisis of hope among our young people because there's not a peace in their soul. And you say, well, Pastor King, what's troubling them? Many of the things are being taught by this society in which we're living in that is absent of the Word of God. But the Word of God will bring peace because it brings comfort. Peace in the shelter. This is the Booth Brothers. Peace. Wonderful peace. In the shelter of his arms. That's the Booth Brothers here on the Saturday night. Or actually, <laughs> the gospel on the radio talk show. Sometimes I get my shows confused. But listen to this. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you're called in one body, and be thankful. Now listen to this. Stay with me now. And let the word of Christ dwell in you richly and in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts 
to the Lord. So he said, let the word of God dwell richly in your spirit. That's the Bible. That's the Bible. And this is what I've been talking about today on the broadcast, the benefits of being a person who is disciplined in the word of God. And you read it, and it's just a part of who you are. It's just what you do, everything. When I, when I wake up in the mornings, there's one thing that I will do on this day. <laughs> I may not get anything else done, but there's one thing I will do. You know, and why is that? It's because I made this commitment. I will find time to get in the Word of God, read the Word of God. And I have my, my little chart <laughs> that I keep every day. And I discipline myself because it's important. And every day, I'm gleaning nuggets and truths. And I'm hiding God's word away in my heart. Because you remember, he told us he'll bring it back. He'll bring it back when we need it. And there'll be that time in your life when there may be a struggle that comes along and God will just bring the word of God back to you. Or perhaps maybe you're speaking to somebody about faith. And God will just begin to just allow his word to just well up inside of you and he'll bless you with it and the word of god is precious the bible tells us it's quick and powerful and uh it penetrates the heart and soul and it's the word of god that will lead us to peace lead us to the assurance of life eternal lead us into a relationship with christ jesus and father god and build our relationship with one another because we read God's truths and we apply them to our heart. And it's a, it's a, just a powerful concept. Now, just kind of bringing my thoughts to a conclusion here about these young people in the Word of God and my heart and passion to bring them to a place where they would develop a discipline and learn to love the Word of God. You see, that's the important part of it. Is that I love the Bible, and I love reading the Bible, and I love preaching it and teaching it and applying it to my heart and soul. But you would not be, you'd be amazed that if you knew how many times that uh, I might ask somebody to pray, and people will look at me like, what? <laughs> I don't know how to pray. I've never prayed before. Well, if you're a person who reads the scripture, it'll teach you how to pray. In fact, Jesus had a has a, a demo prayer for us that he showed us. He said, this, this is how you pray. He gave us a whole outline. And then he prayed that prayer in the 17th chapter of the Gospel of John. And you see, a part of the relationship with God is being able to talk to him on a daily basis. So along with your time and the word, then you take time just to talk to God. And, and I have a, a list of things that I, I bring to God's attention every day. And then sometimes there's things that's not on the list. I just talk to God about my life and my relationship because, well, you see, there's nothing more important to me than my relationship with him and the reality of life eternal with him when I depart.
depart from this earth. And uh, see, all that just brings peace in my heart and my soul. If you want to get involved with uh, this ministry that I'm going to be launching that has to do with uh, Bible drama, quizzing, and other things that's uh, in the future, call me. Area code 850-567-1703. Father God, I just pray over this audience. I pray over this show today. I pray, God, that your blessings would flow. And Lord God, that we'd have the conviction in our heart to be committed to your word in our times of prayer. Father, I pray over our churches. I pray for our country. I pray for your kingdom, O God. Lord, we pray for peace in the city of Jerusalem and the nation of Israel. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Until next Sunday morning, may the Lord bless you.